And we're back with another episode of the AFLW Fantasy Pod. And as always, I'm joined with Bainey. Bainey, how are you, mate? Very, very good. Yourself? Yeah, good, mate. That's the way. And today we have a very special guest. We have the GOAT, the Godfather, the creator of AFLW Fantasy himself, Selby. How are you, mate? Michael, mate, I think the Godfather's reserved for Warney of Godfather of Fantasy, but I'll, I'll take the other two accolades. They're nice. So, uh, well, he, he, can take, he can take the men's one, but I think you've taken that for the women's game. Oh, maybe we'll call the Wonks of the uh, the Godmother because she's really <laughs> the, right. uh, the main child. <laughs> right, I, I, I can handle that. All right. Now, I have to ask before we get into it, what convinced you to take this on? Like, what made you think... I'm all I'm doing is the men's preseason guide. All I'm doing is a massive document. All I'm doing is the preseason pods. It's not enough. Let's create a whole new fantasy platform while we're at it. Well, I didn't realize it was going to be as big as it is. And we probably bit off more than we could chew, but uh, always had an ambition to start creating some of our own actual platforms rather than just being the creator of content like we do with the Marrows Magic. Uh, in season guide and 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 season guide, so had a few little like I'm a lover of fancy sports and played multiple different games and and learned little things of, of each way and the women's comp itself like for me I would have liked another something to do in the summer and um, and play fantasy but yeah. uh, there's also that underlying reason of, of building because I obviously know or we all do understand the value of fancy sports how much it can bring engagement knowledge, passion towards a particular sport. And with AFLW growing as it is, I think there's it's, it's times about right now to, to have that game and, and bring more people to it. So I mentioned the Wongsa before. She's works very closely with me on the Marrera's Magic side in terms of the stats and the data. And she was really passionate about getting a AFLW fancy up and going. She made mention of it during the year last year. And I yeah, kind okay. of just pushed it aside a little bit. And then... Uh, then we thought, well, why not? Let's uh, let's set it thinking that once it's set up and ready, it will run itself. But uh, a lot more respect for, for Warren. Yeah, guys. yeah, and that, that's a good that's a good segue because I'm wondering what how you felt come round one when, like you said, you thought it was going to run itself. So many people were creating a team that the site crashed. Were you were you were you happy with the fact that so many people were jumping on board, or were you just running around like a headless chicken? Yeah, headless chicken. So obviously it's a good problem to have that too many people were on the site that it crashed, but obviously it wasn't ideal because we're also working with a developer who we're just a client of his and he's really good and he's been great to us, but it's not like another fancy platform who might have a full-time developer always on call can yeah. understand the system. So uh, we mentioned how many people we might get. And I was actually, to be honest, I was hoping for a figure around the 1500 mark, which is, so we've exceeded that, but not a, a ridiculous amount, but what he didn't quite understand is the fact that these, how passionate fantasy people are and how they all just jump on as soon as the teams come out and AFLW haven't been friendly to us in terms of them coming out at 5.30 and then the game starting at 7.10. So that one hour window or just over the one hour once the green dots pop up, that's go time and say, yeah, we might only have 1,500 people playing, but those 1,500 are on the site at that one time and that's... We didn't expect, or he didn't expect, to, what he, he tested all the server and the systems, didn't quite um, envision that the people would all be jumping on. So, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was frantic, particularly the, the hard work which went on to it. And it was a bit of a, um, it was very deflating 
with that and obviously letting people down because I knew I know myself how passionate you can be about playing fantasy and wanting to pick your side and then panicking when stuff isn't working correctly. So that was obviously a, a disappointment, but obviously it just showed that there is a need for AFLW fantasy. Obviously, it's been uh, toyed with by, I dare say, the AFL would have been in some of their meetings saying, do we think we should do it? Uh, yeah. There's obviously the Sports Deck, there's Herald Sun, Supercoach. I dare say in those meetings, they would have been like, is it worth doing this? And they would have said, no, nah, it's, it's not commercially yeah. viable. I think it's, I think it's a not yet rather than a not at all. Yeah, well, the fact that we... A site crash day one, it's an indication that, yeah, these people are keen. And who knows, maybe if it was up and running for that last hour, we might have even doubled. We had more people come and join. So, obviously, we we made the adjustments. And that's one thing I'm proud of what we've, we've done so far is that we're always agile. So, we don't want to do a rolling lockout. One, because I mentioned the developer, he's just a – we're just a client of his. It's not like he can on every weekend during the weekend open and close the lockout. Of course, yeah. Uh, so – but also the fact that I don't like rolling lockouts because it favours those who are active over the weekend. If yeah. teams come out on a Saturday night and you're there on your phone, you can get the jump on teams who might be spending time with family, might be working at the pub or whatever they're, they're doing. I like setting and forgetting your team, come round one, the first game, and off you go. But we, we made that adjustment on the first night to do a rolling lockout for that um, for that round one to let people fix up their teams and and go from there. But yeah, it's it's been a whirlwind. Like as I said, almost every weekend we've had another little curveball get thrown at us to, to try to deal with, and that just on the system itself, let alone the competition and the fixturing and COVID with the postponements of games and that. But again, I think we're I'm pretty happy with the way we've reacted with that and, and created a competition, which we're halfway through at round five. I know. You wow. Have to say that COVID hasn't really impacted the fantasy AFLW fantasy landscape when in the men's comp, everyone's so panicking and worrying how that season's going to look going ahead. But I think yeah. we've shown that as long as the the competition itself is flexible and agile and, and moves with it, I think that we can get through. Yeah, and I'm not sure you're giving yourself enough credit there because the the pivot of the after the the round one crash um, of the changing it to the open lockout. Like our guest last week, Sam, he he's currently sitting, I think, top thirty odd, and he actually couldn't even make his team until Saturday. He'd had a team all season, all, all week, and uh, he was unable to save it right before lockout. And I think that a lot of people have really been impressed by how well it's been handled, considering the short turnaround, and not just that, but the three trades a week have been huge for the the. Yeah, the absolute disaster that's been COVID. Yeah, well, we it's almost by nothing was by design. A lot of it was by chance. So obviously, we we had the plan to potentially do it, and there was quite funny, but coincidentally, the day we committed to it, purchased the domain AFLW Fantasy. No joke. That day, a Twitter poll came up from AFL Fantasy saying, "If there was AFLW Fantasy, would you play?" Wow. Which we were like, oh well, we had, we did it. That's great. Let the AFL do it. We could put our feet up. So we then put stall on the building of it until would have been mid-November when we realised, okay, well, doesn't haven't heard anything from the AFL. Doesn't sound like they're going to go ahead with it. Let's see what we could do. So we only started really getting to work late November, and then obviously with the timing of holidays Chris like December's a write-off with Christmas parties and go on the pub and everything and then it's the Christmas New Year's and then round one starts on the 7th of January so again uh, like yeah the Wongstar self and the developer where they're working Boxing Day in between years trying to get this thing up and running and again it's it's not that's why we've had a few of these issues but the learnings we've 
got from it so far. It's, it's only going to be bigger and better um, going forward. And, and with AFLW is a major focus, we've also got some plans for some other comps as well. Nice. Um, Selby, we're five rounds into the, the season. We're halfway there. Um, so many changes along the way. What are your thoughts at the midway stage? Uh, yeah, so we so I didn't even answer Michael's question before about the three trades. So when we did it, we, we were like, okay, well, we want fixed lockout. We didn't know what COVID was going to throw at us. You got a squad of 16 on the field. Don't have to what I hate in the other one, or normal fans, you got to pick it out of your emergency. Who's going to score the most? You only pick one. If you pick two, you get the score of the lower score. And Murphy's law always happens. Whichever rookie you you select, it ends up being the worst scorer. So default scorer from don't have to pick between the two. And if you don't select one, you're still guaranteed with that emergency. And then I quite like the rule of that uh, utility. Oh, oh that's been a lifesaver for me. Yeah, and there's obviously a bit few loopholes with that. If you really wanted to be sneaky and potentially put a forward on F five who doesn't play your forward interchange who doesn't play and then put another midfielder as utility and you get a bonus midfielder on your field but again if you you walk into this competition mid-covid you wouldn't it's i think that's too big of a risk to play so that's been a good um, safekeeping for a lot of teams and players to know that they do have the backup there without having to select between the two different ones but then yeah midway through the season it's been well in terms of the competition itself i'm loving how um enthusiastic and active everyone is and still is the, the numbers are great the number of people who are trading and still active are great you people like you guys doing doing this which will hopefully continue to get bigger and better and uh there's articles on dt talk website like it's become a bit of a wouldn't yeah. say phenomenon because it's still small scale but people have taken it up it's been oh absolutely it's actually a real thing even freo dockers so they're so far our favorite because they even did a tweet one day when they're talking about, I think it would have been Bowers's score or possessions, and then also mentioned, made reference to their her AFL fantasy. Did score, they? I missed that. No one else is really, um, taking it up because again, we, this is probably for another day. But the the one thing we haven't received traction from are the actual clubs, players, and league itself. Because like we're we're here to help, obviously. The more people to play fantasy, more people watch, and oh, absolutely, we'd love to games. Yeah, whether it's a retweet or something article yeah. on the AFLW website wouldn't hurt. Oh, I tell you, I've been I've been pushing hard up that door too. So, because <laughs> I think that I think it'd be great to have a uh, someone from within the AFLW on the pod, right? one of the whether it be one of the players or one of the women to to sort of get on board and have a bit of a chat. I think it would be fantastic. Selby, I have a big question for you. And um, we, we, we spoke about this before the season started itself, but uh, I have a sneaky feeling you have a, a secret team that you've put in that may be sitting somewhere near the top, or at least the Wonkster may have a secret team in there. What makes you think that? <laughs> you could be the, uh, the only uh, men and women's uh, fantasy winner. No, I'm certainly not going to be. So... I've got, and you could probably tell from, I did a podcast with Bainey on the Mirrors Magic podcast before the season started, and I could barely pronounce Kiara Bowers' name correctly. I've got very limited knowledge with AFLW, and that's why this has also been good. Like now, I know them, almost say I know, oh, I've watched the stats each day, I'll check the stats, watch the games, and that's what it's about. And we're getting so many messages of people saying they're doing the same thing, learning these different players, watching so many more games than they normally would. 
So my, so I put in a team. Use one of so with the way it first started when the season started, um, we had an auto fill where we had I think there were sixteen different combinations of teams where you could click auto fill, and each time you click, you got randomly generated one of them. And good old Bainey put in six for us out of those sixteen, and he made mention that of one of them was his more preferred team and it had some player in there. So I made sure I kept clicking autofill till I got that one. And then did a bit of, I thought, well, did a bit of tweaking with that. I might've got one uh, mid pricer down to another, cause I wanted the two top draftees on field, yeah. mm-hmm. which meant I could get and get another premium. And anyway, that, that team's actually was sitting up really enough, but mind you, it's going to very soon be dropping down slash probably removed from the comp, but it's just good holding that team at the minute yeah. because We've done so much uh, work to make sure that all teams are compliant. No one can trade extra, spend extra, whatever it is. And that's been taking us, That's when I mentioned that I thought it'd run itself, those checks are taking a lot of time each weekend. And whether every team's got 21 and right positions, the same amount of players in the same position. So by having a team there, it's, it's good for me to know if someone is, or if this team's all of a sudden scoring 400 points more than our teams, then maybe they're, I found a loophole, so it's it's good to have a team there. But yeah, that my team will very soon uh, disappear. I'd say so. Whatever your ranking is, you'll hopefully be pumped up by one, not too not too far away. Uh, and yeah. I'm conscious of your time, so just one more question: uh, Have you got much plan for next season? Do you know, like, are you planning on going through all this again? Are you going to try and maybe see if you can get the AFL on board? What's the plan? Yeah, I get the feeling the AFL will do something and whether that was they were waiting for the extra two teams to, to be in the comp before they press the go. So yeah. it'll be interesting. If they were to run one, then I'd, I could potentially we'll just put our feet up and, and know we've done our job, maybe whether it's forced their hand or let them know that people can or let people know that it's around because we've had a lot of people who are playing who are first time. We've got two groups of people, which is great. We've got... AFLW fans who have never been fancy players and they're first-time fancy players and fantasy fans who have never been AFLW supporters and they're first-time AFLW followers. So it's, a, it's been a good mix of those. We could potentially, yeah, they, they can take it and run the AFL. But we'll see. So in terms of plans, like uh, the good guys at Hobart Nissan have obviously put up their bonus round this week already or couple of rounds ago and there's plans i could probably announce it now so for round seven will be another hobart nissan bonus round thousand oh, wow. bucks for the awesome. high score for the Ex- round exclusive. Which again will <laughs> exclusive on the pod so that's uh again the highest weekly prize pool yep. in australian fantasy sports for a free comp for a small little aflw yeah, that's, that's amazing more than the rest. and is are there is there any rules oh, yeah. against creating a second team creating an a, a, you know people, existing coaches creating another team just for that week to try and win it nah so the terms and conditions say you can only have one team but nothing's stopping you have um showing your partner children parents yep. friends how to build a side and maybe lend them a a few tips <laughs> um, to get the get the chocolate. So that's yep. that's what it's about. Um, so they've they've come. They, they contacted us. He's a he's a mad fancy fan. The, the dealer there. He uh, has a daughter and same kind of thing. Wants to see this this thing grow. So he, short term, he said, "Look, we can give this. We can provide a couple of rounds uh, round bonus rounds initially, and with a six months runway, he might be able to." bump up a bit more for next year. So 
we'll see how we go. If we can get something a decent prize, um, then by all means, we'll probably go again. And obviously the learnings and it's also, keep going on about the timing, but it's coincided then where season starts to set, uh, January and then my big thing, which I do, is the Maroons Magic Season Guide, which takes a lot of my time, particularly over that holiday period. And we've been working on that as well. So it's been hard for us to do updates with AFLW when myself, Wong's the developer, are working on this season guide, which hopefully, again, another exclusive should be launched in the next day or two. Um, so check that out. Best way to support AFLW is by purchasing a season guide. Um, so, yeah, I think once that's all up and where we can got a bit of time to, to sit back and, and make tweaks, I think, yeah, for next year we'll be able to further enhance the product and make the user experience even better and, and uh, hopefully grow from here. Yeah, that'd be amazing. And, uh, yeah, definitely a shout-out to Nissan Hobart who, I mean, that's just like sponsoring it for two separate weeks is just amazing. Yeah, it's great. And particularly like initially, but again, so I've still I've got a young family myself and work myself as well. So a bit time scarce at the minute, as you can probably imagine. But I did send a few emails to some potential sponsors to be like, look, this is what we're building. Nothing back from a few and then put the call out for a few, got nothing back. And they're the only ones so far have come and said, look, we want to help out. So I really respect that. And uh, I'm pretty confident that we could get some some decent, um, or hopefully the start of a, an association with them. And I have to ask, are any of those sponsors apparel clothing makers? Any chance that this year or a year in the future we might better get some hats? Yeah, you hit me up early about these hats. You must be sitting close to the top 100. We, uh, I love the hats of the AFL, AFL itself. It's a brilliant initiative I've done. The Wardy and the boys, I think that was their call. So... And their one regret, I dare say, would be they wish they had them for since the start because people were like, oh, well, I finished top 100 yeah. in 2010. But no one really cares about that because it's all about how many caps we've got now. <laughs> exactly. So we're in the unique situation where we've got year one. So we actually can do caps from year one um, and then it will be a thing. So we just, as I said, if we could get some kind of partner on board there i'm not sure if any of the listeners have any contacts with some apparel and ideally so that it's funny the way you can tell how the the covid years go the afl how much money they're making so my hat for the first year is this beautiful new era hat i think the 2021 which was the covid years this made in china sort of <laughs> so ideally we're like we could always get a nice cheap hat but it would be nice to get a nice cool hat where people could actually wear with pride Going around, so yeah, that's that's on the cards, but yep, can't but give no, any promises. Yeah, no, that's fair. All right, well, it's been an absolute blast, Selby. Thank you a lot for coming on, and uh, a special thanks to you for the the whole platform has just been. I mean, you know, with all of the the changes, with the the fixture changes, the the stuff behind the scenes, it's just been incredible, and the uptake of coaches has just been massive and uh, people still, still, like you said, still trading, still being active is just huge. And I can't believe it really halfway through the season. So thanks again for, for joining us. Awesome. Thanks, mate. And on that too, see if there is any issues in the lead up to lockouts, like just send us an email info at aflwfantasy.com.au because we can always manually put through those trades. Obviously if you do email it needs to be for people trading, not in that first game, just out of that small little window. But it's not – I don't want people – because I know what it's like when you're rushing for lockout. I, I don't want anyone to panic 
thinking, oh, this thing's going to crash. What's happening here? Like, it, like it, it all works out in the end. We'll just, um, we've just got to get through it. So now appreciate uh, being on and thanks a lot for you guys, what you're doing and, and helping grow this game. Uh, thank you, Selby. All the best, mate. Love it. Thanks, Selby. Yes. Wow. What a treat. Wow. What an absolute so treat. Got a couple of exclusives there as well. That was, uh, that was so good. Yeah. Yeah. So what he said, round seven was a, a second Hobart Nissan round for a thousand dollar prize, which is awesome. And I tell you what, um, I might live on my own, but all my housemates just decided to create a team for round seven. <laughs> I, I just heard, I just heard them in the background, all that's six amazing. of them. They, yeah. uh, they, they want a team for, for round seven. So great news. <laughs> and, uh, I might be able to get my hands. Uh, I've got to check the pictures for round seven. That's amazing. <laughs> Good, right. good stuff. Well, good stuff. let's um, let's get into the the round review. What do you reckon? Yeah, let's let's do it. All right, the Cats and Eagles, high scoring game. You know, it's from the from the two premium defenders. You know, Webster um, who turned up. That was uh, that was a pretty pretty uh, good score. And Swanson, you know, uh, sort of the number one trade target to bring back in, and she delivered. You know, we missed her, and. Uh, Wow, what, what fantastic scores! What are your, your thoughts on the on that match? Oh yeah, I mean, as a Webster owner, I loved it. Yeah, um, yep. I think she heard she must have heard last week's pod and heard that I put her down to D three, uh, <laughs> and she came out and wanted to teach me a lesson. So she yep. was amazing. Um, yep. I wasn't able to get Swanson in, but she was she was really good. Uh, I love yep. the new haircut too. That was great. Yep. Uh, Press Barkus, I'm not really. She was like she was amazing. She had a seventy. I was really considering trading her this week. Yes. Now I'm now I'm not sure. <laughs> Just that <laughs> there's not many downgrade targets at the moment. I mean, we'll touch on a couple as we go through the games, but yeah. downgrade tra- targets really limited. Obviously, there was a few people that traded in Shirah who broke her hand in the last game. They may not have noticed that, and they just saw her seventy odd from her debut game. Um, I'm still considering because I had West on the 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 bench who scored a 70 odd as well. I'm still considering trading out Presparkus this week to Shirah to, okay. to uh, and throwing yeah. West on the ground until Shirah's back. Um, but okay. oh she's gonna make it hard to trade her out. Yes, yes indeed. And and thankfully for um um for Hank's injury up up forward, I kept Presparkus and and uh, what a score it was. So yes. very happy yeah that. that saved me too. And it's also yeah. it's got me a lot of cash in the bank. So uh, I'm Indeed. looking at Swanson this week. Also, uh, on that note, Kearns, Rachel bloody Kearns, 10. She yeah. behanded me. <laughs> 10. Jesus. So um, Kearns might be yeah. Swanson for me. That's Is she on your field? No, she was not. So uh, thankfully, um, because of bringing Swanson in, I managed to put uh, Kearns on the bench. So I'm very pleased I avoided that. Uh, we'll talk about Ferguson later on, but um, yes. yeah, happy to avoid Ken's pen. Yeah, uh, and the only other really fantasy relevant player, fantasy relevant player that I noticed was Fuller, who struggled a bit. We discussed last week about the rookie rucks. Uh, I know that you're yeah. rocking cutting and getting her average. Fuller yeah. struggled again with her twenty odd, um, yeah. which is making me question my decision to to just leave that spot all year. I still might have to because. It, Cutting still more expensive than Fuller, even though she hasn't had a price change in two weeks. And I don't think I can justify that sideways trade. Um, but for okay. people looking to to get off her, I think that that's probably your best option, going sideways to cutting. 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. So cutting is average 58. Yeah, I think, I think that's the, right. Uh, the postponements and uh, yeah, that's that's very handy when you think about what Seymour is pumping out. That's sort of the uh, one of the top rocks in there. Uh, yeah. yeah, and Moody was Moody was better. out as well this week. She was yeah. a late withdrawal, so um, I I guess I shouldn't be too disappointed with Fuller. You know, there there are people rocking Moody who I actually had at R one, and she was a late yeah. withdrawal, so that's yeah. that's rough. Uh, and the second game, Lions Pies, it was. It was an interesting game. I was watching that very closely because I have both Benici and O'Dwyer. Um, yeah. And I tell you what, I don't like what I'm seeing from Benici. It's not her fault. She's a gun. But yeah. what I've, I don't know if you've noticed it, but in the first uh, three weeks, obviously Davey went down and she's yeah. been the number one midfielder. She absolutely dominated. The Pies won their first three games very convincingly. And yeah. Benici was on nine votes. The f- round four, she was tagged and yeah. struggled. She got 80-odd. Yeah. And Collingwood lost. This week, she was tagged hard by, I think it was Fark. And again, 70-odd and really struggled. I know yeah. the conditions weren't great for her. It was windy and she likes her, her easy sixes. But um, look, if you've got her, you're not trading her. Like that's, you know, she, you do that and she's going to come out and burn you with a 120. But I don't think she's a trade target now. What do you think? Interesting. I, I totally agree with that. I think that um, uh, Collingwood's form has dropped off a little and, and sort of the impact of not having um, a, a full squad is, is catching up on them. So, um, yeah, yeah, wise, wise to move on. But I, I do want to mention uh, down back, I've been stubborn to hold on to Slicer and she's delivered. She's delivered. I'm really happy with her 74 on, on the weekend and that's that's back-to-back decent scores from her. She's dropped a fair bit in price. So if that's someone you're, you're looking for uh, as your D3, um, that, that's, a, that's a pretty achievable target given yeah. that um, Hampson didn't, didn't really make an impact. So yeah, Slicer. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you there. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not touching a slot. Is it, it's Slicer, right? The, the oh, is in the, some people call it Schleiser. Some say Slicer. I think it's Slicer. Uh, if you look at, again, they won the first three games. And Collingwood yeah. are a very good side this year. They won the first three games and she barely touched it. They yeah. lost their next two and she was yeah. all over it because the, yeah. the ball was in the back end. Collingwood are going to win far more games than they're going to lose. I say far more. There's only five weeks left. I think Collingwood are going to win more than they're going to lose in these last five rounds. And in the games that Collingwood win and win well, and they've got a couple of weaker opponents coming up, I don't think she cracks 50. Uh, She may not even crack 40. So I think she's going to average probably in the 50s for the rest of the year. And I'm happy to be proven wrong, but I actually won't be touching her. Let me enjoy my time in the sun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, look, great hold. Fantastic hold. Uh, And she will still, like I said, in games where, you know, it's a tougher game, she's definitely going to score well. Yeah. Uh, and then we had the D's sons, uh, Bahana, Rowbottom, and Howarth are the three big sons, the three popular ones. I think they're all in over 20% of teams. Rowbottom, is it time to go for her? And not yet. I think we've seen the same with Prasparkis that um, uh, 49 isn't a bad score for Rowbottom. And I think that uh, if she scored 55 or, or you know 57, you'd be happy to haul. So don't yeah. be turned off by the by the four in front. And she's still making money. Break here to and, nine this week she had or has. Exactly. Yeah. And the volatility in the midfield um, 
suggests to me that you can still roll with Prospectus and Robotum at this stage. Yeah, okay. I'm, it's, it, again, for me, I agree, but I just I really want to make that cash. I really want to go down to Shara yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. so that I can get Kearns to Swanson. I just... I did it with I did it with Bahana, but I see a ten on my field, and I just I'll do whatever I can to get that off. So does so, that mean West comes on field for you? Yeah, West uh, would come on. Shira okay. would go to utility, okay. and then when yeah. Shira is fit, I would trade West yeah. down to a rookie, which yeah. would get me another thirty k. Uh, Shira would come on field. West would go back to bench for a rookie, and that would give me another upgrade. That would probably then be the other of Robottom or Prosparkus would go up. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. with yeah. Good, good. Out, thanks for showing 42 what are your thoughts yuck <laughs> i don't like it um again i'm very i'm seeing a lot of themes here with uh teams that are opponent opponents are very important because yeah. players are having their scores impacted a lot by whether their team wins or loses depending on whether they're forward or a defender, so much more so than the men's game for whatever reason. So Howarth, again, she's this year, despite being a forward, she's playing off halfback in a loose back role. The Suns have started winning yep. and she can't get near it. She was getting a lot of, she's playing a bit of that slasher role where she's getting a lot of loose, loose marks, some contested marks, but a lot of rebound ball. And with the Suns playing much better in the last couple of weeks, yep. Howarth's struggling. So, I guess it really depends on whether you think the sun's going to keep up this form. Could she become uh, a Hanks when uh, when she returns? Look, she could. I, I wouldn't say no to the trade, but I, I just I just don't like sideways trades. I, it's just yeah. the it's the yeah. it's the traditionalist in me. I really just want to do that down up. Yeah, and I like it. Just feels like such a waste of trade. And I mean, it's probably not right. Like how it's a Hanks probably makes you up to forty points a game with if any current form is an indicator, and it's only uh, what fifteen k. Like it's not, it's not a lot. But for me, I'd rather get the the Eddies and the the Kearns off my field. Good call, good call. I just want to make note that the demons are playing well and. There are demons in the mix to target round to round based on um, matchups. They they haven't quite produced the consistency over the season, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, if if you can identify um, you know certain players that will will do well in, the, in a particular round, so you've got um, um, what's it, Paxman who who scored uh, well with an eighty eight, um, yep. Pierce. Uh, 88, Mithin, 101, Zanka, 87, Lampard, 81. This is such good numbers, you know? Yeah, such they are. Numbers. Again, like you said, they're, it's, it's, they're just so inconsistent, though. Like, I, yeah. I, I'm trying to avoid what we, you know, traditionalists would call mid-prices. And yeah. Mithin, you know, she went bang this week, but she's had a couple of very low scores this year as well. And, yeah. and she's still priced in like the 50,000s, right? She's priced almost what Conti's priced. So yeah. I know I know who I'm taking out of that. Yeah. Uh, so again, Just, for me, yeah. Last one from this match is um, Taylor Harris. Yeah, I traded her out and she uh, she finds me with a 62. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you very she, much. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what, like not talking fantasy for a moment. God, she's a good mark. Yeah. Contested yeah. mark. Yeah. All right. Uh, um, great player. The dogs and the tigs. Not a lot of relevance. Uh, we'll just quickly 
we'll quickly touch on a couple of them. Conti, I think that she, if you've got her, enjoy it. I think she's priced about what she's scoring at, so I don't really see her as a target. Oh, I mean, if you're doing an upgrade and she's what you can get to, she's a great player to have, but she's not value. Uh, she's not probably not a captain option, presuming you've got a couple of the other big ones. So um, I, she's not really on my radar anymore. She was early in the year, but with the money she's made, she's not really on my radar. Uh, what do you see from the game? Um because of the disruptions, we haven't had a clean run watching the, the doggies and, uh, you know, the likes of Lamb, Blackburn. Um, yeah, you know, they, they could be in the mix, but they haven't scored that many points as yet because of the disruption. So something to keep an eye on if, if um, you know, those few players will, will, uh, will average well to close off the season. Yep, uh, I, I guess the only other there's there was Ferris who is I think currently in the top five average for defenders. Um, yep. She got a sixty one again. I think that's about what we can expect from her. She's yep. uh, the doggies are a pretty consistent side. So unlike the other defenders we're talking about, I think she's going to have a pretty consistent score. Um, yep. You know, when it goes back there, she gets a few sixes, she gets a few plus fours, um, but she I don't think I don't know that she's going to turn up very often. I don't know that she's going to have any shockers. So you get, again, you get what you pay for there. I don't mind it if it's all you can get to. If you like me, you want Kearns off your field. Uh, I think that she's a viable option, but she's not. She she's not she's not going to finish the year a top five defender. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Um, Blues versus the Crows. What are your thoughts from this match? Wow, Ebony Marinoff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Hatchard, I, I, I mentioned something during the week about Hatchard scores when she's highly owned and her scores when she's not so highly owned. And I was very nervous. I brought her input C on her, like a lot of people yeah. did. Uh, yeah. I think 14% of the comp brought her in again. I don't have the captaincy numbers, but um, I think Selby keeps those to himself for his, to himself for his personal team. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she, Hatchard and Marinoff were amazing. Hatcher did yeah. finish the game on the bench, though. She finished, uh, I think there was maybe seven or eight minutes to go, and she went off uh, with soreness, I believe they called it. Um, but she, at this stage, has not been confirmed for <laughs> <but> next week. <laughs> Could you lose her again? She'll, she'll, no, she'll be fine. She'll be fine. Um, but uh, Marinov, wow. So she's very well-priced. And Lockhart is yet to live uh, at, at the point of recording this. But, um, yeah, she, she is a target to, to bring in. She's, she's found space. Uh, she's got that, that, that freedom to run. And, and, wow, she's got a ceiling, which she's proven uh, time and time again last year. And she's found some consistency in the last few matches. Yeah, she, uh, I very much see her as a kind of Jack Steele type. She, she loves to tackle. She loves a plus six. And she's a hard, hard runner both ways. So, uh, yeah, I liked it. On the other side, Harrington, who I, again, she, I think she listened to the pod, heard I put her at D2, and she's like, my job's done. I yeah. can sit back. <laughs> uh, and she had a very poor game. Uh, well, fantasy, from fantasy standards anyway. Uh, the Blues did struggle. Obviously, the Crows, Crows absolutely dominated them. Normally, Harrington does well when the ball's back there, but she actually yeah. played a tagging role. So she spent the first yeah. quarter in the back. Uh, on Phillips and then Phillips went into the middle and Harrington followed her and she just looked like a duck out of water. Uh, She's a great defender, but I don't really see her as that. She's not really that 
one-on-one type defender. She she rebounds. She she gets a lot of uh, the loose ball, and she just she just could not stop uh, Phillips. I think it was Phillips that she tagged, and she just could not stop Phillips at all. Um, you don't play the top team in the competition every week, so that could be an anomaly for Harrington. However, uh, the Blues do play Frio this weekend. So yeah, and. Look, if it really depends on what that they they plan for her role, because if she, like Freya, have a lot of taggable targets for sure. With Bowers out, we've seen what they can do. Uh, just quietly, I yeah. tip North against Freya with Bowers out, but uh, we've seen what how many targets they have, and if they decide to, I think that Phil, I think it's one off. Phillips is a traditional forward who can play okay. midfield. I don't know that Freya. I mean, Freya have Ebony Antonio and Gabby O'Sullivan who can play that role. But they're yeah. with Bowers out full-time mids, basically, at the moment. So uh, I'm hoping Harrington goes back to her, her Tom Stewart role um, yeah. because, yeah, she was just – Erin Phillips was just all over her. She just couldn't keep up. She Just the gut running, she just didn't know what yeah. to do. Yeah. Uh, one final one was Hill. She, and I think, an 18K rookie. Did you spot her? No, I'm I'm saying, I haven't seen anyone mention her. Uh, well, she's not a rookie. She's been out of the game. So she's, I think, 18K, and she scored quite well. And I think she's a very, very good target this week. Midfield, I think. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think she's a, an 18K yes. midfielder. Have you got that right? 90, 97 on uh, points on the weekend. 97 yeah. for eight, yeah, 18 an 18K classics. midfielder. Now, yeah. instead of instead, instead of Shirah, you go Hill. Yeah. Um, that's, I think... I think she should be the number one target this week. Interesting. Interesting. Nice, nice insight there. Nice North, North Freo, what'd you say? Uh, Gabby O'Sullivan, number one trade target in the forward line, and she delivered. That was amazing. Um, really happy with that. And um, yeah, she, she, uh, she, she really has put herself as, you know, F1 or F2 for, for the season, and, and uh, that consistency is so good yourself. Yeah, uh, I've been, I mean, I've been, I've been harping on since the start of the season about the, the twin towers of O'Sullivan and Antonio, and how I haven't been convinced that they can yeah. both prosper. Uh, I think that with yeah. Bowers out, that's you know they're definitely going to get a bump in their scores for this week and next week. Uh, Antonio yeah. looked to still be given the kind of rotating role, but O'Sullivan, yeah. she was just full time mid. I think she spent. 100% of her game time in the midfield. So she, I think now is a must have for those that, sorry, for those that uh, were unfortunate enough not to hear the Hanks news and have held on to Hanks, I would actually still consider Hanks to O'Sullivan. Hanks had, did struggle in her last game. Uh, I think she's got quite a high break even. If you can't get anyone, any rookies up to O'Sullivan, I think she's a must have and you just sideways Hanks there. Uh, and okay. I think that, yeah, Ebony Antonio now is a no go. Fair enough. Fair enough. I won't dispute you there. I do want to, yeah. I, it, you know, a few weeks ago, I told you about Miller having seen her live and, and we're watching her. And my goodness, that was the only match we saw live together where she scored under 90. Yes. But besides that, she's gone yeah, 90, 91, 105, 107, 93. She is absolutely amazing. So she was really priced. She was priced in the fifties, if I'm not wrong, uh, towards the start of the season. So sure. she, she would have been that a midfield breakout candidate for anyone who jumped on early and has been has been riding um, 
writing her points since. Yeah, and I definitely saw a few people on Twitter throughout the week talking about Miller as the one to take up that extra mid-time with Bowers out. Um, Obviously, there's a few that could fill that role with O'Sullivan and Antonio. Um, I do think that, and again, I this might just be my stubbornness, but I feel like when Bowers comes back, oh. she might be pushed. She's too good of a forward. I think that Frio, I think Frio now forward more than they need in the midfield. You've got O'Sullivan and Bowers uh, in the middle. I just think that she's she's too good. It's a bit like Katie Brennan. I think she's much better than Katie Brennan, but uh, very much a similar role where she's quite a good midfielder, but she's just such a good overhead mark and contested mark and someone who can kick big. You need her in the forward line. So I, she's a good target, but I, I just, I'm not going there. Nice. Nice. Uh, one last player I want to touch on when that game is Jessica Lowe. So just quickly, she is still only, she started the year at 14 K. I think it was, I started with her again on field. <laughs> she wow. gave me, I think a 12 and a 15. I yep. traded her out. Uh, she yep. struggled again with, I think, a couple of maybe 2022 20, or something like that. She's still in the 18K, and she looked a different yep. beast out there on the weekend. She scored, I want to say 70. Am I close? 63. 63. 63. She, just, yeah. she was everywhere. She was tackling. She had like eight tackles or something. So um, I don't know. Nine if, tackles. Nine yep. tackles. There you go. So I, again, I'm probably not going to do it because you know, the Bahana rule, but she's available as a forward for 18K and she can she can punch out a 60. That's gold, especially if it's on the bench. But even on field, if, you, if you're ready to trade down an Eddie or something like that. Yeah, good point. She sat on my bench for the whole season and she's still on my bench. And prior to the round starting, I did consider bringing her on, uh, but, but I didn't. Uh, but... This week, when I do bring her on, I think that's when she'll score pretty lower. And that's why, I'm not, again, that's why so, I'm not yeah. touching her. I can't do it. So, you know, for those bra- those souls brave enough, good luck. Yeah. Uh, I hope you yeah. fail miserably, all of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just, I can't do it. I'm just, I'm too stubborn, right? Like I, I was, I was the one that um, avoided Aaron Hall in the men's comp last year and then it just, I, I just, I'm very stubborn. If if someone's burnt me once, I don't go back there. All right, well, that's all the games. Um, what are your plans this week? This week, going for, obviously, lockout hasn't lifted um, yeah. as we record this. I think it'll probably lift for the next 24 hours. Um, are you, I think you've had a pretty good week, right? Yes, yes, just under 1200, I think 1189. Um, yeah, th- thankfully, uh, Hatchet came in and I, I don't have that rule. So if they burned me before, I, I sort of forgive and forget them. And, uh, you <laughs> You're know, a better give, man than give, I. Give, give place a second chance and thank goodness she's delivered. But uh, um, yeah, o- O'Dwyer hasn't delivered in the midfield and I'm looking to to bring her up to a Marinoff if possible. And it all depends if Hanks comes back for, for the Demons um, because Why? she has to... Um, She's just scoring so well at, at F1 and, and she's almost a, a must-have. As, Didn't as once she get a 60-odd last week? But for the forward line, I think um, those, those points are so scarce up there. You don't agree? Yeah. No, no, I do. I'm just, just, just making sure you've got all the information. Like I think that <laughs> I would much rather uh, get O'Dwyer to Marinoff than get one of your, you know, for example, how the yeah. Hanks, right? You've got, yeah. let's just be conservative and say how scores 50 and Hank scores yeah. a 90. 
Um, and you compare that to O'Dwyer, who's probably going to get another 60. And Marinoff can yeah. do anything. Yeah. So enough. I think that the I think the point the the points upside there is just greater. Um, Yourself? Um, I think I haven't I haven't worked out what I got. I definitely dropped last week a lot. I went from sixty odd sixtieth odd to uh, about one hundredth when I had the all my trades reversed uh, about twenty yeah. minutes before lockout. That was just an absolute killer. Uh, I had two donuts that week. Uh, I don't really know how I've gone this week. I think that like I said, Kearns on field is really going to yeah. burn me. That's what I'm really looking at. Um, but I, I had Webster, I had Hatcher captain, um, but I also had Dwyer who struggled. I had Benici who struggled. I really, I'm really not sure. I think I'm somewhere in the middle of the pack, so I'm probably going to drop yeah. overall rank again, um, but I'm still fighting for, I really want to finish top 100 just on the off chance that Selby decides yeah. that we we get some hats this year. So um, yeah, all right. Just to finish up halfway through the season, how many more upgrades do you think you're going to get? There's money on the bench with Ferguson, Robottom, Kasparkis, um, and maybe Bohana. So you could get three more upgrades for the season, uh, or two, two to three yourself. Yeah, yeah, about the same. Like I said, I'm, I'm trying to avoid salvage trades, so I think that I can get three or four more upgrades this year. Uh, in say, I say more. I've only probably had two upgrades in the first five rounds because <laughs> everything is sideways. You've got you know players like Hanks, yeah. Hatchard, Swanson. Like I start up with Swanson as well. Uh, all these players that are going out through suspension or injury or the health and safety protocols. So uh, in reality, I think that we might not have much say in how many upgrades we get. It's just a matter of picking the right the right players when we have to sideways. So uh, you can. Get your Miller, your Haley Miller. I'll get my Evan Marinoff, and we'll see who comes out on top. Yeah, fair enough. Why not both? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just me who pitches the burrito ad when you say that? Yeah. Uh, nice. All right. It's great to have a chat, Banny. Uh, nice. And Thanks. I'll hopefully chat to you next week. Easy. Easy. Same awesome. Mate. Good luck. Good luck, everyone. Bye. Yes, good luck.